Josh French came from a long line of educators. He taught early American history to eighth graders at a majority Latino school. He'd get really into his job, too. When he taught certain subjects, he'd put on costumes and pretend to be the person he was teaching about. And he spoke some Spanish, a big asset at his school. He was also the boys' soccer coach. Boys on the team liked him, some people said. Others said he was good at connecting with his students. In the 2009-10 school year, one of French's students was Jane Doe. At least, that's how we came to know her. And just a warning here, this story contains some descriptions of sexual violence. Jane Doe knew what was an open secret among some 8th grade girls at the school. Josh French had a creepy reputation. According to several accounts, French put female students at the front of the class where he could look down their shirts. He ogled them as they walked by, one girl said. And he even held awards for the prettiest girl in class, according to another. When I talked to French, he denied all this. He denied every major event and description in his case file except for one, a verbal fight with another teacher. At least one dozen young women came forward with similar accounts about French's behavior. They told at least three school workers at the time what was happening. And here are some things the adults told the students to do about it. One told the girls not to wear low-cut shirts. Another said, put binders in front of your chest when you're near French. And one teacher who had heard reports from at least a dozen young girls, told them to write incident reports. French and that one teacher were friendly, according to the file. French confided some of his behavior to the colleague. According to this teacher's account, French said, I put the girls with bigger tits in the front so I can look down their shirts. French said even worse things to this colleague. All girls should know how to give a blowjob by the time they reach puberty, the colleague remembered. And yet this teacher, who French said all these things to, appears to have never reported French's behavior to his superiors. Jane Doe's grandfather died in December 2009. She missed some days at school, so she showed up on a Monday after school had ended to pick up some assignments from French. She found him alone at his desk. She sat down and waited for him to get the assignment she needed, but instead he locked the door, she told police. What happens next? I'll read directly from the case file. French said he was sorry for her loss and with his arms outstretched, gestured with his arms to hug her. Doe got up and French hugged her but the hug was too tight, and Doe pushed French away. French pushed Doe to the ground, and Doe almost hit her head on the desk. Doe was wearing a dress, and French placed his hand under her dress. When French finished penetrating Doe, he zipped his pants and then threatened to harm Doe's mother if she told anyone about the incident. report says Jane Doe got up with her shoulder bag still slung across her body, and she ran out of the room. 
Police never charged Josh French with a crime. They investigated him, but the case stalled. The school investigation into French went on for more than a year. French remained on leave the whole time. Then he resigned rather than be fired by the school district. But here's the crazy thing. Even after the school district finished their investigation, he was allowed to keep teaching. French was a substitute teacher in two different school districts after the investigation spurred by Jane Doe. Nothing in California's education code requires school districts to look into the work history of their teachers. If the new districts had checked in with French's old school, officials would have been able to say that he'd been investigated for sexual assault. Activists call this passing the trash. This is Good Schools for All, a show from Voice of San Diego about how schools work and how they don't. I'm Will Hudsbury. Voice of San Diego has been looking into sexual misconduct among teachers for over a year now. This week, we'll talk to two Voice of San Diego reporters about how educators manage to stay in the classroom, even after major incidents like the one I just described. I sat down with reporters Kayla Jimenez and Ashley McGlone to talk about how this series all started. So you guys are going to talk to us today about a big investigation that we've been working on into sexual misconduct inside of schools. Tell me when that project started and what it encompassed. So in late November 2017, uh, we filed a public records request with every public school district in San Diego County asking for records of employee and contractor and official sexual misconduct cases uh, countywide. Uh, We wanted to see what kind of complaints were being made. We wanted to see how school districts were handling those complaints, um, how they maybe weren't handling those complaints properly, um, if there was room for improvement, um, or if they were doing a great job responding to complaints like that. Um, We knew that the law allowed us to see those documents uh, if the cases were found credible and they were substantiated. Uh, And so if it was a baseless claim, we weren't going to see that. But we wanted to see the ones that they found credible, that they actually issued discipline um, and see how schools were handling that. And what did we get back from that request And what did we not get back from that request? So uh, each district was a little bit different often, um, but on the whole, thousands and thousands of pages, we asked for 10 years worth of records. So that's a long time. Um, Some school districts are small, some are really, really big. Um, And so, but thousands of pages of documents. Some districts, though, for certain cases only had like one piece of paper for a person. And then it was like, well, where's the rest? Um, Others had huge, thick files. um, But there was a lot there that no one had ever seen before um, and stories that we felt really needed to be told. And again, threads and themes that we were starting to see of how sometimes this behavior unfolds and how um relationships are groomed um and and there's been a lot to unpack and we're still working on it there's still hundreds of pages that we haven't even read yet that we're working on and one story which we're going to tell today got this whole investigation started 
And when did that story about La Jolla High School start? We had initially heard about a teacher at La Jolla High School, I want to say in 2015, um, a teacher that had a repu- had developed a reputation over the years for touching students, um, unwanted touching, harassment type behavior of students in the classroom. Um, we tried to get documents out of San Diego Unified. They said they did not have documents showing complaints and discipline of this particular teacher for the, that type of behavior. Um, but lo and behold, they were holding out on us and had a lot. Uh, uh, they, they had some, not all, but they had quite a bit um, of documentation over the years of the problems and the issues that they had um, and records of how they did or didn't handle it again. And so um, that teacher was Martin Teachworth at La Jolla High School. We eventually were able to tell that story, starting with the voices of just the students who said that they experienced harassment, complained about it, and then wondered what happened because nothing was done. And so um, we started We started there and then were, for lack of a better word, inspired to say, okay, wait a minute, there's something going on here where the systems clearly aren't working correctly in every case. Let's see how other schools and other cases are being handled uh, across the county. And so that's what led us to broaden it to the whole county for all cases of employee sexual misconduct. So, you know, back in, I want to say it was 2015 originally, um, an alumnus of La Jolla High School, Loxie Gant, reached out. Uh, She had heard that a particular physics teacher, a longtime physics teacher at La Jolla High School, um, was still attracting complaints for inappropriate and unwanted touching of female students. Martin Teachworth uh, was a longtime uh, physics teacher for La Jolla High School. He taught advanced physics and AP physics. He was the only advanced and AP physics teacher at the school. From what I gathered, he was highly regarded in the community, would raise lots of money. I think he was involved in like the blood drive and school clubs. They would do science competitions and travel. Um, and for the most part, people liked him. Um, but again, he did develop this reputation over the years for uh, certain behaviors with students that were not always welcome. So one student said that he would just constantly be leaning in too close and brushing her hair back. Another said he would tickle her stomach and her thighs. Another said that he would squeeze her hips. And then some, uh, Loxie said that he actually grabbed her butt and squeezed twice in a row. And so over the years, some students, um, again, he got a reputation for being extra touchy, uh, particularly with the female students, and and got a nickname, Touchworth, uh, to, so much so that certain parents caught wind of it um, and eventually vocalized that to school administrators saying, hey, this guy has a nickname for a reason. You guys need to look into this. It makes me sad that he's probably acted this way towards hundreds of students. And I've never seen anything come up about it. And I went to his class. He started, like, coming up behind me during exams or while we were working on projects. And he would get so close to me that I could feel his breath on my ear. um, Mm. Or, like, I could feel my All of a sudden, like, my eyes came back and my eyes were wide open. And he goes, are you okay? And I said, 
No. Like, I, Mr. Teachworth just grabbed my butt. And he was like, what? Like, that's so weird. Like, to and come I up and surprise yeah, us by, like, squeezing our sides, tickling. Um, just awful. And I you know, then he would come up to her and just, uh, like, tickle her stomach. Like, I don't hmm. know in what planet that's okay. You know, it's yeah. really... And it was a nickname that persisted for years, um, as as we now know, because multiple students came forward and said, he's touching me too much. I don't want to be touched. He's touching me and I'm too afraid to tell him to stop. Or one girl that spoke to me said she did tell him to stop and then felt like her grade was impacted um, and that there was very much a power dynamic of he had control of your grade and he would arbitrarily start grading you tougher or harder if you questioned him. One commonality that I heard from the girls that did eventually speak out and talk to me was, you know, it took enough courage to go forward to the principal and explain what behavior was making them uncomfortable by their teacher. Um, But then to have nothing done with it, they never heard from the administrators again. He kept teaching. He stayed in the classroom. Just the, the extreme sense of like, being failed and not protected and that they went to the people that were supposed to protect them and it, it nothing happened. Some of the girls expressed in, in no uncertain terms how how severe and impactful that was for them. felt very helpless, especially after that meeting, because I was like, great, they already know, they don't care. He has tenure. I guess that's what's more important to them because, you know, this happens every year, mm. every single year, and they're letting him, you know, getting him a fresh supply. It's just, what can you do? Um, we asked for records using the Public Records Act from San Diego Unified. We want all the complaints against this guy and all the disciplinary records and investigation documents. There, there have been court cases that say the public has a right to see things that have been substantiated, that are well-founded, that they find credible, or if there's any kind of discipline that's been handed out as a result. Um, and they were like, hey, we got nothing. They gave us some like unrelated emails in response, and they had nothing. A couple years go by, or maybe like 15 months or something, Um and I'm get, I get in touch with some other students, uh, more recent than Loxie, who are willing and wanting to tell their story of... They're saying the same thing. They're saying that... So not necessarily like a, a butt grab, but a, a hip squeeze, a thigh squeeze, a tickle, a, a hissing, a, all sorts of behavior that they felt harassed in the class. And they yeah. did also take their complaints to the principal and said, again, nothing happened. So the, and, and Loxie's complaint was in the early 2000s. And then there's students in 2013, 14, mm-hmm. you know, a decade later saying this guy's doing similar stuff. Correct. And similarly, they took their complaints to the principal and said... and. We never heard anything. Nothing was done. What the heck happened? We feel like the people put in places to protect us didn't do so. So then you got some emails leaked to you that showed the district did have some documents that they had not provided to you. What what came out of those leaked emails? It was proof that they had received other complaints that they said they that did not exist. And it was also proof that they, that they did do some kind of investigation and looked into it. Um, but then while they did that, they did not put them on leave to do that. That seemed like where the saga with Martin Teachworth was potentially going to end. We had these documents showing that it looked like some bad stuff 
really had gone on, but he had retired. He was no longer in the classroom. Um, then I think the California Teacher Credentialing Authority decided to get involved and they called you up, right? So the California Commission on Teacher Credentialing investigates cases of teacher misconduct when school districts often, uh, how they hear about it is when a school district reports to them a change in the teacher's employment status as a result of misconduct allegations. Teachworth never got a report like that because his employment stayed intact his whole tenure until he, he chose to retire. And it wasn't like a negotiated settlement. It wasn't like he was pushed out. He just kept teaching and then left on his own accord. But Loxie um, and maybe one of the other former students, after the first stories ran, took their complaints directly to the commission um, and said, you know, the district didn't do anything or enough about this. This guy shouldn't be teaching anymore. Even though he's retired, he could have gone on to keep teaching. And they she had a big problem with that. And I get a call from their investigator saying, hey, do you have the contacts for all these other girls that you quoted in your story? And I was like, oh, my gosh, they're actually looking into this. Um, so I said, well, let me get their permission to share their contacts. I did. Um, and they all said, absolutely, we'll talk to them. And so they did so. And then several months later, I hear they they have a committee that's recommending revocation of his credential. Right. They then recommend that to the full commission. The commission holds a hearing. He's appealing. He, he doesn't want his even though he's retired, he doesn't want his credential to be revoked. Yeah, yeah. Tell it. So tell us what happened, Kayla, with the CTC gets involved. They start investigating and, and what happened from there. So the State Credentialing Commission subpoenaed San Diego Unified for documents related to Teachworth. They subpoenaed the school district, like give us everything you've got. And San Diego Unified turned over those records to the Credentialing Commission then told us that they had found those documents which we had previously requested in a shed. A shed. Right. And these and these weren't just emails like Ashley had received before. This was actually an investigative file that showed San Diego Unified had investigated Teachworth over these complaints. Right. So there were multiple complaints in those documents, records from school police, investigation notes. And what's some of the stuff that, that you found there in terms of the accounts and what what the investigation found? So in the records that Unified found on Teachworth, there were police records from school police, complaints from multiple girls over a 10-year span, investigation notes. And one of the instances that we point out in our reporting was a girl who reported that Teachworth put his hand down her pants and the district determined that to be criminal. And Lox's complaint was in there as well. For the first time, there was evidence that, yes, they did have some documentation of these problems. And their contention was that we had these documents in a box in a room somewhere and we didn't realize we had them, right? Right. That was their claim. So I know in this investigation, which has covered many school districts and many teachers, um, sometimes a teacher will be have have been found to engage in some misconduct like that, and rarely do they get fired. It seems like oftentimes they get transferred to other schools. Why is it that school districts can't get rid of someone like this? Presumably. 
in some cases, at least they would like to. Presumably, they're not happy protecting people who are groping students. And why why can't they get rid of them? I do think um, so. I, I, there's a lot of questions that I still have about what who dropped the ball when and why. Right. On this particular case, because um, Teachworth, unlike some of the others, didn't get shuffled around, didn't get again put on leave every time a complaint was raised wasn't forced out he got to enjoy his job for 20 plus years or whatever it was um but i i do know in in my research and interviews with various folks on and off the record that you know the language in the the employee contracts um and it's not just san diego unified it's lots of lots of them across at least our region talk about you know whenever there's disciplinary issues or complaints made against employees that school administrators need to handle those at the lowest possible level and that that does come to bear in some way. And maybe it comes to bear more with certain principles than it does others. Obviously, the severity of the incident and how it's, various incidents are perceived um, might impact how these sorts of complaints are handled. So, Kayla, um, you've done quite a bit of reporting on how people who work in schools are mandated reporters. Uh, you know, in Teachworth's case, uh, what should have happened? Right. So I think one of the things that Ashley touched on is that the schools are kind of keeping these complaints internal when that's not supposed to be happening by state law. And the mandated reporting law requires any teacher, administrator, school police officer to report any signs of child abuse to child welfare services in San Diego or county police. And that was one of the problems that we saw here is that all the complaints against Teachworth were never reported, at least to police, because they said that they had never received a complaint against Teachworth, which is a gap, especially if school police determined one of the incidents to be criminal. Right. So in in the language of the schools, they substantiated the claim that mm-hmm. he had stuck his hand down a girl's pants. Right. They believed that to be criminal. And then they should have had to report that to San Diego police. Right. And then that would be in police's hands, the county police's hands to determine whether it's criminal or not and determine what to do next. So how did Martin Teachworth respond to all this reporting that you guys have done? So he's he did not sit for an interview um, and he's largely denied much of it. His, his response was, you know, I've never touched a student inappropriately. Yes, there's been maybe some touch that was more incidental to my job, you know, reaching over here or there. But it's never been bad intentioned and it's never been inappropriate. Um, I do know when he was called up before the Commission on Teacher Credentialing and they asked him, you know, why would you hiss at students? Why would you call them a box of kittens? Things like that. He just said, you know, kind of like it's his playful nature. Um, it's no big deal. So Martin Teachworth had just retired right before you started this reporting, but he still had his credential. And when the CTC moved to revoke it, he appealed that he lost that appeal. Um, How do the young women see the end to this story? Yeah. So it wasn't until just this year that the commission actually moved to take action against this credential and and revoke it. Um, He appealed. He lost that appeal. He had one more step where he could have appealed it to the Department of Justice. He decided not to do that. It would have basically opened a whole new court case and continued the delay. And in the meantime, his credential, you know, he still has no disciplinary record as this process is playing out for months and months. But finally, they decided to revoke it in September. Um, 
again, this is years after he's retired. This is uh, he's been out of the classroom as far as we know uh, for a little while now. But I know Loxia said like, man, this was a long time coming. Um, but them taking this action to revoke it and it says for misconduct, it was revoked for misconduct is validating. It is them taking our accounts seriously in a way that the school district never did. So yeah, Loxie is actually a really interesting figure and it seems like working through this has really spurred a lot of activism in her and she's actually been working across the county and within San Diego Unified to to change the processes on how this works, right? Yeah, so something Loxie said to me that really stood out in our reporting is that the incident of the groping was bad and traumatizing, but the reporting process was maybe even more traumatizing in dealing with the school, not listening to her when she first reported, and then them saying they don't have any record of her complaints. And then there's no discipline against him and he was just allowed to retire. So Loxie has kind of turned this around in trying to help students moving forward um, and relaying her experience by coming and talking to us about what happened to her, but also now she's been working with San Diego Unified, um, the board, and kind of implementing a child abuse task force, which was recently approved um, by San Diego Unified in kind of addressing the problems that are there locally at the district level. This has been Good Schools for All. I'm Will Hunsbury. To keep up with the entire season, be sure to subscribe. We're dropping a new episode every two weeks this semester. I've got a newsletter you can follow too that's called The Learning Curve. Find it at vosd.org slash learning curve. My co-host for the show is our editor-in-chief, Scott Lewis. The rest of the team is Nate John, Adriana Heldiz, and Megan Wood. Special thanks to Ashley McGlone and Kayla Jimenez. See y'all in a couple weeks.